Hey, my name is Tiffany Vaughn, and I'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them. I'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby James, and man, have we been dealing with a lot. But isn't everyone? I lovingly call it our hard, beautiful journey, and I bet that yours is too. In season one, I tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down. Bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I've created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Mental health, marriage and divorce, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics that we discuss here. Let's be real for a minute. Life can definitely be hard, but it can also be so dang beautiful. Am I right? So pull up a cozy seat, grab your beverage of choice, and join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn, and I am so grateful that you have decided to hang out with me today. A couple months back, I heard something from a very successful entrepreneur that I admire very much. She said that she's found the most success in her life from starting to use a three-letter word, more than she ever has, and it's very simple, but it's also terrifying, and the word is ask. If you want something to happen, sometimes you just need to ask. Well, the guest I have today is someone very special. And one day I had the thought, just ask him. And here we are. Theo Fleury is here, and I couldn't be more grateful. Theo has achieved incredible success on the ice, winning a Stanley Cup in 1989 with the Flames, an Olympic gold medal for Canada in 2002, and many, many other things. Theo has written two books, Playing with Fire and Conversations with a Rattlesnake. I just finished reading Playing With Fire, and I could not put it down. We talk about many things in this interview, but the through line is the importance of using your voice and that moment where you make the decision to do something with your pain. Theo's hard, beautiful journey and his pain are not the same as mine. But what we do share in common is that we both made the decision to tell our stories. And by doing that, it has changed the trajectory of our lives for the better. We are both living proof that to heal, you need to talk and you need to use your voice. Without further ado, here is my interview with Theo Fleury. Hey, Theo, how are you today? I'm good. Good. I'm so grateful that you are here. You have no idea. I... I'm so excited for this one. Um, one of the pillars of my podcast when I started it was around mental health. And there's a few pillars in my podcast, but one of the big ones is mental health. And it seems that all of the other pillars revolve around mental health and the things that can come yeah. about through that, right? So, Absolutely, yep. Um, so you being here is is very special, not only to me, but to everybody that I know that has dealt with this. And you not only are a champion on the ice 
and have so many amazing accomplishments, but you're a champion for those people that are struggling with mental health, that are victims of addiction, abuse, childhood trauma, and all of the things that, um, that come about through those, through mm-hmm. those incidents. Absolutely. Right? Yes, for sure. So for those of you, for those of my listeners that don't know you, which I don't know there will be many, can you give a summary of how you got um, to where you are now? Well, uh, obviously, um, you know, I work in the field of trauma, mental health, and addiction. And all three, uh, you know, they're not separate. They all live in the same house. and. You know, the reason why I work in this field is because I have my own trauma history. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a home where both my parents experienced childhood trauma in their life. And that manifested itself into addiction issues. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a prescription pill addict. And so I grew up in a lot of chaos, a lot of violence, um, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as a, you know, as a phenom hockey player, as a kid, um, you know, my dream was to be a professional hockey player. And so I ran into this coach who basically promised me a one-way ticket to the NHL. And, uh, I left home at 15 uh, under his guidance and under his tutelage. And, uh, you know, that decision obviously changed me for the rest of my life because over a two and a half year period, um, he raped me 150 times over a two and a half year period, which, you know, combined with my childhood and adolescent experience, you know, I was left with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. And, uh, you know, this was almost 40 years ago. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we weren't talking about sexual abuse. We weren't talking about trauma. We weren't talking about mental illness, any of those things, because we sort of grew up in that suck it up era. Yep. And uh, so, you know, I quickly buried this secret as far down as I could possibly bury it. And it wasn't too long after that, I discovered alcohol as a coping mechanism to deal with the uh, emotional pain and suffering that was left behind from those two experiences. And, And then obviously, excuse me, I went on to have this incredible professional career, professional life. And, uh, um, about 14, 15 years into my professional career, um, you know, I started to, uh, show signs of severe mental illness. So panic disorder, anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And it was around that time that, uh, you know, I entered the NHL substance abuse and behavioral program And, uh, you know, basically, uh, they took away all my coping mechanisms and which then, uh, you know, there was nothing really, I I didn't have, I didn't have any tools 
to deal with, you know, the trauma and my mental illness without using, you know, external right. uh, chemicals to sort of numb out from the thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I got kicked out of the NHL because I was, you know, using and, um, you know, my behavior was completely out of control. And then uh wasn't too long after that. I had a fully loaded pistol in my mouth, ready to pull the trigger and my life, not because I wanted to die, but I was completely exhausted from living in emotional pain and suffering. And, and I really believe that was the, the, the point in which, you know, I started down this road of healing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd been to four different treatment centers uh, when I was in the NHL, which uh, allowed me to acquire some tools uh, that I use, you know, today. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an ugly time in my life, you know, where um, the unmanageability of, you know, all of the trauma, you know, really came to a head. And, and, uh, and then uh, September 18th, 2005, I got sober and uh, been sober ever since. And, uh, you know, uh, once I was able to eliminate the, you know, the alcohol and the drugs and all that stuff, you know, uh, uh, you know clarity started to happen. And, uh, you know, there was a, a certain amount of willingness on my part to stay in this state, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and then in 2009, you know, I wrote that book, mm-hmm. uh, Playing With Fire, which significantly changed, you know, my life and my path and my purpose and, you know, all those things. And, and, uh, and what really happened was, you know, I told my story for the very first time and, uh, and was completely uh, run over by people, you know, everywhere I went, uh, especially on the book signing, um, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 people at every book signing were coming up and telling me their own story of sexual abuse. And, and uh, you know, it was so, incredibly inspiring for me to uh, sort of be that person who uh, people feel safe with and Mm -hmm. people who know that they can trust, you know, trust their story with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that hasn't stopped, you know, Uh, it's been, geez, 12, 12 years since the book came out and, uh, and like I said, uh, you know, I found, I really found the true purpose for my life and the reason why, um, you know, all this trauma, all this trauma happened, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a gift. It's been a blessing. It's been, um, you know, a wild and crazy journey, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the unmanageability has become manageable and, uh, and in the mental health space, um, you know, I would say the majority of people suffer with general, uh, 
you know, mental illness, whether that's depression, anxiety, um, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, there, there is a way to manage it. You know, there is tools, there is help, there is, you know, all these things, but, um, what we haven't done very well as a society is we have not created a space for healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, big pharma owns mental health. They own it. Yeah. And what they've taught us is that there's a magic pill or synthetic brain chemistry that they can give you that uh, um, supposedly, you know, alleviates those symptoms. But, you know, my experience is, is I've tried them all. There is no magic pill. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only thing that works is, you know, hard work and, you know, acquiring these uh, holistic practices, these holistic tools um, to help us deal, you know, with life on life's terms, you know, Basically, and consistency too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty-four hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I've had the same experience as you um, in terms of actually finding my voice and using it. Yeah. And through some of the things that we've been dealing with, I didn't tell many people. I didn't. I didn't let anybody know. And it was through my therapist who said, "What are you going to do with this?" You, you've experienced it for a reason. So what are you going to do with it? And as soon as she said that, it wasn't immediately, but I knew that I needed to share my story and I needed to get it out there so that people could hear it. And I didn't know if it was going to be in a book because so many people said, you need to write a book because mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the stuff you've been de- dealing with is crazy. Um, and then I started listening to podcasts and at first, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing a podcast. Right. No way. And then one day, I was just like, no, I think I'm going to do a podcast. It's just way easier to just sit and talk. Yep. And then people can actually hear the emotion in your voice and in, you know, like what you've mm-hmm. actually experienced. And that, honestly, doing that changed everything for me as well. Yeah. You wrote your book. I started my podcast. And it's like, I found my purpose. And you hear from so many people that what you experience, they've experienced as well. And it just gives them that safe space to say, holy yeah. crap, I'm not the only one dealing with this crap, right? right? So, Well, you know, pain, pain is a great motivator for change, mm-hmm. right? And in the pain, uh, you'll find the purpose mm-hmm. for, for the pain, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a great indicator that something's not right in your world. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, when you are able to uh, make sense of, you know, why did this happen to me? Like, why did why was I picked to go through this experience? Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't share it with, you know, the world, then why? what's the reason that you went through it? You know, there's gotta be a reason. And, um, you know, part of, part of any process, there has to be surrender, right. You know, and you know, what does surrender look like? Well, 
you know, it's, it's, it's the realization that, um, you know, left, left to my own defenses, left to me running my own life is the biggest shit show on the planet <laughs> when I'm running my own life. Right. Yep. And, you know, surrender is turning it over to faith and trusting that, you know, God, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, the universe, you know, a tree in your backyard, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, you have to have faith and trust that, you know, the universe has your back and, uh, you know, will show you, show you the way. And, you know, that's been my experience Mm -hmm. is, you know, September 17th, 2005, you know, when I was in that washroom, you know, I surrendered and I turned my will and my life over to the care of the universe as I understand it. And, you know, it was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. Mm -hmm. And from that decision has come all of this. And isn't it amazing? I had the same thing as well happen because our, we had a five-year, very difficult infertility struggle. Right. And then we were blessed with three. And then all three of them were diagnosed with ADHD and ODD, which are no joke. (laughs) They're just no Mm -hmm. joke. And for a couple of years, I was just like, what the hell? Like, really? It took five, eight years to have these things and now you're gonna like make us suffer through this like there was two three years of me bitching and complaining and saying I don't understand this isn't fair and then one day I had the same thing happen and I just said it's for a reason it's for a reason and you need to be the one to show other people that it's possible to work through it and to make a difference right and teach other people what what they can do with these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, There's no, uh, it's surrendering. Yep. It is. It's, it's total utter surrender. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the hardest thing for me to grasp onto was, you know, the spirituality part, mm-hmm. which most people who struggle with whatever they're struggling with, um, because we use that word God all the time, right? And yeah. I would say the majority of people, um, you know, have a misunderstanding of what, you know, that word actually means, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> because healing is a three-step process, right? It's emotional, it's physical, and it's spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start to heal all three, you know, your, your, your old chemistry uh, in your body and your brain and all that stuff, it starts to change, right? There's a rewiring of the nervous system that happens, you know, when, uh, you know, you grasp onto the concept of, you know, that there's something out there that's running this whole show and, you know, you're, you, you're just a vehicle yeah, in the exactly. bigger, in the bigger picture. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, that's a deep conversation that, uh, that we don't have. Right. And why is that? Why is that? Well, that, because that's, we, that's come we, to me too this year is a deeper spirituality. And that has also just been so transformative that I just wish everybody would yeah. know about it because mm-hmm. it just, it makes you feel home. Well, yeah, you're, you're connected to the purpose, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to get connected to any kind of purpose is finding, you know, faith, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever that looks like to you, like there's, there's no, uh, there's no magic formula, you know, um, but, you know, with surrender comes faith mm-hmm. and uh, understanding and, and all that stuff. And, and the way I see it is, um, you know, after my abuser left my life, you know, I took over the abuse and I abused myself because, you know, I just thought this is my life and, you know, this is the way it is. But what I was really doing was running running away from pain, mm-hmm. emotional pain, right? Yeah. And emotional pain is mental illness, mm-hmm. right? That's, yep. that's what people don't understand is that, uh, and you can't see it, right? Yeah, it's invisible. It's invisible. Mm-hmm. And the only way to release the emotional pain is by doing what we're doing right now. It's talking about talking, yeah. using your voice. Yep. And, you know, and then, you know, finding those, finding your formula that's going to help you stay calm, uh, stay somewhat in control. Um, you know, uh, and it's an everyday thing. It is yeah, yeah. Like every minute thing sometimes, yeah, right? It's yeah. no joke. And it, there's no magic answer for any, any kind of mental illness, mental health. It's, it's, a, it's an individual thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. Right? And everybody needs to find their own tools. But the fact that there are those tools, that's what... Um, people need to really understand that those are available to them and they don't have to suffer alone. Yeah. You know, like we weren't put on this earth to suffer in silence. No. You know, but, but that's, you know, if we grew up, we grew up in the suck it up era. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yes. (laughs) You know, um, heard that many times (laughs) here, here we are, Mm -hmm. you know, with, mental illness being the biggest epidemic on the planet. The planet, absolutely. And and so, you know, as an advocate and an activist in this space, you know, what do we do every day? Well, we fight stigma, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, because, you know, uh, the world is not the most compassionate place to be, um, you know, we are judged, we are shunned, um, you know, every mental health campaign starts out with one in five Canadians suffer from mental illness. And I'm like, why are we shaming the one person who has mental illness? Exactly. You know, yeah. and the real stat is it's five and five. 
Oh yeah. No, not let's one, be real. It's <laughs> not, not real. one in five. It's five and five. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the biggest problems that have ever been solved in the world haven't been solved individually. You know, you cannot outthink this. No. You can't outthink it. No. And what you need is you need a community, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we're pretty, pretty good at community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But when it comes to mental illness, you know, everybody runs away. Because I got to talk about my feelings. Mm-hmm. I got to talk about sadness. I got to talk about, um, you know, some of the things that I'm not so proud of, you know, what happened to me or what I did to other people. But therein lies, you know, the process of healing is in that space where, you know, like I'm struggling, right? Mm-hmm. It's and, just saying those two words. I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah. Open the dialogue. And and what it does, because it takes a tremendous amount of courage to talk about one's struggles, that courage becomes contagious to other people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's been my experience and yours as well. By sharing your story, you've allowed other people into the space of healing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's one part of the book that I found fascinating. And it was when you were playing with the Rangers and after a game in your custom made suit, he would go down and hang out with some homeless people by the fire barrels. And you would ask them, how did they got there? How did they get there? What was the Drama. Common, common thread? It was trauma. Trauma. Yeah. And but, did they know who you were? And did you talk to them? No, about- they, thought, <clears throat> they thought I was just some Wall Street dude who was having a tough time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those were some of the most real conversations I'd had, ha- I'd had at that point because these people were as honest as anything, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I would say that that, uh, um, you know, like everything happens for a reason, you know, um, nothing happens by coincidence. And, and, uh, um, because in my professional life, there, there weren't a whole lot of people available to hear my story at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was so afraid of losing my happy place, which was, you know, on the ice that, you know, and what I've been retired now for 16 years and, you know, nobody was talking about mental illness in 1999 or 2000, right? It's just been in the last sort of five to 10 years that, you know, we've sort of opened the Pandora's box around, you know, the, the mental health space. And, uh, yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, my addiction, you know, really had a hold on me, really had a grip on me because it was, you know, it was my medicine, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. It was a way to, uh, suppress, you know, the emotional pain, but I, but you know, anybody that knows anything about addiction is, you know, your addiction never gets better. 
you know, it gets worse and worse and worse. And, and uh, you know, it really brings you to your knees. And, you know, that's where I was, you know, with the gun, right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to live or am I going to die? Well, I can't pull the trigger. I can't end my life. So I better figure out how to live life on life's terms. Yeah. And what does that look and what does that look like? Right? And where can I find where can I find, you know, a space where, you know, I can get the help that I need. Yeah. Moving forward. But, you know, telling my story using my voice was the game changer. And Absolutely. so people who are afraid of, you know, telling their story, I would say don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the only way through pain and suffering is through it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you don't have a voice, then how how are people gonna be able to relate or be able to help mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah. And uh, um, you know, I had a lot of people around me that were fixers. Yeah. Right. Or enablers. Enablers. Yeah. Right. For sure. And, uh, you know, they tried to fix me, but I, I didn't want to be fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. So, you know, the, the, you know, the cycle, you know, continued until I, I stepped in and said, you know, I'm going to break the cycle here. Yeah. It's not a one and done either for reaching out and, and letting people know that you're there for them too, right? So like for myself, um, someone that I know has had a pretty tough time recently and I made sure to say, are you okay? Are you okay? And knowing, I just intuitively knew. Yeah. Not, not okay. They're not okay. Yeah. And just don't stop asking because at one point they will use yeah. their voice. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So... Um, that that's something that I found has been beneficial is is just even using the the phrase what's real for you right now, and yeah. sometimes that just opens the floodgates and that's good. Well, and 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 you know therein lies all these campaigns you know where they use the word talk. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hell are we talking about? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you know you put it very eloquently, like what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need to know. Right. What because my experience, happened? my experience is that every single the person, every single person on the planet has trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. trauma is the string which binds us all together as human beings. We all have that shared experience. And, uh, you know, big pharma doesn't want us to talk about that stuff because when we talk about it, we don't need what we they have. That, yeah. We don't need what they have. Mm-hmm. And so, You know, they bombard us every day with commercials, right? Mm -hmm. And social media uh, ads and all this stuff, right? And and so, you know, we're inclined to, you know, jump on that train. Mm -hmm. But really, it's about relationship. At the end of the day, spirituality is a relationship. That's what it is. It's not about God. It's not about Allah. It's not about Buddha. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about relationship. It's about human connection. Yeah. And knowing that you see people and hear them. Yeah. For who they are. For who they are. 
regardless of what they've been through Mm -hmm. and what they're going through, that they are, they are. You know, and at the time I was in New York, I'd rather hang out with the guys around the burning barrel than opposed to, you know, this crazy world of, you know, professional Mm -hmm. hockey. Do you think you learned compassion um, through those conversations? Yeah, it was, the, it was definitely the beginning of, you know, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And my job is just to listen mm-hmm. and not give advice, yeah. not judge, you know, none of that stuff. So compassion, empathy, you know, all those things weren't, you know, they weren't a part of the NHL. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. it was, it was uh, perform. Well, and it was all about ego. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, when I got rid of the ego, moved into the compassion, empathy space, you know, great things happened. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And most people that judge, you know, don't want to look at themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. They're, they're hard into the ego <laughs> still. <laughs> um, or, so. the, you know, I call it river in Egypt syndrome. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> Denial. No right. shit. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it's, Just, easy to, it's easy to, you know, look at somebody who's struggling and compare yourself to them. But, you know, uh, the insides don't match the outsides, right? Everybody's good at wearing lipstick, right? Oh, yeah. When you leave the, you know, when you leave your house and you go into community, you know, you present yourself as, you know. This. Yeah. Everything's. Everything's awesome, you know. Uh-huh. So. I had to call out somebody recently, I won't name who, <laughs> and just said, come on, like, this shit's hard, right? Like, life can be difficult sometimes, so just quit with the the facade, right? right. And mm-hmm. as soon as I said that, you could just see walls just go, like, just yeah. falling over. And there were tears. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> doesn't that feel better? Yeah. Does not feel better just to mm-hmm. breathe and know that you don't have to be this thing, this person. But that's that's you know that's the message is that you know we we all struggle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know <clears throat> part of the stigma is you know realizing that you know I'm not okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, and. And that, you know, I, I need to get honest. I need to be open. Mm-hmm. And then I need to be willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, turn this around. Yep. And I'm not the only one, right? Oh, yeah. So you know, I always, realize I, that, it's, it's easier. <laughs> you know, if you, if you have mental illness, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like you're in the majority, not the minority, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's been my experience and, and my research over the last 15 years is that everybody has it. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Everybody. So, Different degrees, but yeah. everybody has it. And so why are we, you know, and why is there this brick wall that's been put up, which is stigma, where, you know, we're not acknowledging the fact that, you know, it's five and five, mm-hmm. right? Instead yes. of one and five. I am loving this conversation, but first a word from my sponsor. Simply Counseling Services 
knows how hard it can be to find the right support in your mental health journey. That's why they work hard to keep it simple right from the start. With locations in both North and South Calgary, appointments in person or virtually, Simply Counseling can support you on your journey to healing. It starts with a phone call or an email. Visit their website at simplycounselingservices.com to start your healing today. So I need to ask you about this because I, I walked 60 kilometers for breast cancer one year and it quite literally almost killed me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh my Lord, it was 36 degrees in Calgary and I, I had blisters everywhere. Yeah. And you have something called the Victor Walk. Please tell me that you are not walking 400 and some kilometers by yourself because <laughs> I will die if that's true. <laughs> Well, we, we did it over 10 days. So we did a walking marathon every day for 10 days. Wow. So, and the first three days was complete hell, you know? Uh, oh my God, hell. <laughs> I'm just like reliving the yeah. same day. Oh my Lord. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't about me, mm-hmm. right? It was about creating awareness and providing a space for people who had been sexually abused who never been able to use their voice, it was an opportunity for them to um, do that with us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got two Winnebago's, seven of my friends. We raised 12,000 bucks and we walked from Toronto to Ottawa to raise awareness around the subject of child sexual abuse. It's amazing. And uh, I would say... <clears throat> All of us that were on that walk changed our lives forever Mm -hmm. because the amount of people that we ran into, like just randomly, because there was no plan. Yeah. We just said, let's let's go on a walk and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, you know, pure magic. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget it. And so every year. You know, we pick a province and we walk across the province mm-hmm. over five five days and try to run into as many people as we can. We do rallies in, you know, every little town we come to. And, uh, yeah, we share our story. And it helps other people. For sure. They're not alone. Seeing yep. those orange shirts. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. It's awesome. Well, orange is the color of courage. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, takes a lot of courage to tell your story. Does it ever? But that was actually, brave was actually the word I chose this year. Mm-hmm. Brave, courage. It it takes both of those things to open your voice. Yeah. Use well, well, we, you know, when I realized that uh, <clears throat> that I wasn't alone in my struggle, that there was you know millions, billion, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is it? One out of every four people. So 7 billion people on the planet, you know, it's a significant number. Mm-hmm. You know, when I did the math, then I was, I wasn't afraid anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you step into the mental illness space and that's 7 billion people. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh Yeah. And now you look, you look at the space that we live in right now, you know, 
this is the most traumatic thing that's happened since World War II, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, the amount of, you know, opioid overdoses and death by suicide, mm-hmm. staggering. It's staggering. Staggering, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we have zero, zero leadership. In that case, yeah. In that, you know, from mm-hmm. our, you know, from our mm-hmm. people, they're actually capitalizing yeah. on it. You know, they're using it as a tool uh, for more suppression, more lockdowns, more you, you, you name it. And so, um, you know, that's, that to me is incredibly sad, uh, incredibly sick. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's why I become so active politically is because, you know, I will not be uh, talked down to by people who are less educated than I am and less uh, of a leader than I am, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's, it's madness. It's yeah. absolute madness. It's insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Yeah is insanity, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to take all of us collectively to say, you know what, sorry, but, you know, you work for me. I don't work for you. Yeah. Right? I've uh, I've recently become an ambassador for Living Works. Have you ever heard of Living Works? Mm-mm. They are a suicide prevention organization, and yep. they've been around 37 years. But they're just in the last couple of years really taken a um, a position of getting out there more and not just training um, trainers, but training every every yeah. Yeah. on how to recognize signs of suicide and and so I took their starter course mm-hmm. that they had and it was definitely eye opening mm-hmm. on what you can do to save a life. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's critical right now that we that we recognize the impact that this is having on on people's lives for sure, and figure it out. Um, I wanted to let you know that I listened to your podcast interview with John, um, and you guys talking about growing up in Russell together, and that yeah. was, I love that. <laughs> I love both of you guys. And and it just, it resonated with me being from small town, Shaunavan, Saskatchewan. And and I could just see you guys like doing what you were doing because I did the same thing. And there's nothing better than growing up in a small town. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Totally. Oh, it's just, it's, it's magic in, especially in the time when we, we grew up there. Um, Like I told you, I, I grew up, um, playing hockey and skating with Haley Wickenheiser mm. on the outdoor rink. And so that was so, so cool. Um, but listening to you guys, it just gave me the courage that a small town girl can do anything yeah. that you put your mind to. And it doesn't matter where you come from, you can make a difference and you can make an impact regardless of where you grew up what your upbringing was. And so I just want to thank you for inspiring me in that way. Oh yeah. That was uh, was good. I grew up in a great little town, you know, Mm -hmm. 
lots of uh, lots of amazing people, you know, mm-hmm. who were a great example to me as to how to be successful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the first thing was, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, never take no for an answer. Right. Yeah. There's always. Um, there's always a way. That was going to be my next question because I'm, I'm passionate about my, my work that I'm doing now and using your voice. And my tagline is use your voice, ignite your soul. And what would you recommend to me who doesn't have, you know, a big following to get as many people to use their voice? Like, what would you, what would I do? Just keep doing what I'm doing? Yeah. 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 Let, you know, pray. Mm -hmm. Pray, you know. Uh, That's been such an amazing tool for me, right? Mm -hmm. Is prayer, uh, you know, everything that I've done in my life, I've manifested it myself, right? Yeah. Because thoughts become things. Mm -hmm. So if you can dream it, it can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, what, what, what was the most common phrase used when I was playing hockey? He's too small. He's never going to make it. He's too small. He's never going to make it. So if I would have taken that in, not a chance in hell, but I didn't see myself as a small person, right? I saw all the intangibles, you know, nobody was going to outwork me. You know, I had dedication, devotion, lived, eat, breathe, slept, hockey, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at every level, you know, I started to turn non-believers into believers. Right. Mm-hmm. And all I, all I asked for was a chance and an opportunity. Right. And as those chances and opportunities came, I made the most of them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I kicked the door down. Yeah. You know, I didn't creep in. Yeah. You know, I kicked it down. Right. Yeah. Because I knew that I had to make an impression. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, being so enthusiastic and being, you know, that I just love the game, you know, that's how you get people to follow you. Is with passion, right? Yeah, passion and so, courage too, and um, yeah, like all, all all those things. You know, we have all those. Everybody has courage. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has strength. Everybody has you know those positive intangibles. But because of our trauma experiences, we believe we're not good enough. We're not lovable. You know, not worthy. Do you know, do I have a voice? Um, you know, and if I enter into a relationship, am I going to be abandoned? Am I going to be neglected? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, if you can get past all those, uh, negative attributes that are learned behaviors, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. And you change the narrative in your own head. 
then that starts the rewiring process of your brain that gets you gets rid of those old uh, teachings, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And because the brain can be rewired, right? It's neuroplastic, and the brain was designed to live forever. Mm-hmm. That's how they designed it. They designed it to live forever, and so. You know, I've become sort of an amateur neuroscientist, you know, because yeah. I live I live in the space and mm-hmm. you know, I hang around with people who are in that space, you know. And so um you know, that that to me was like that was once I heard that I could rewire my brain, that became my new goal, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's rewire this thing. Yeah. Right. I've actually done that this year as well. Like it, not to probably the extent that you, you are talking about, but just um, affirmations and just like talking about um, that I am worthy and like just kicking those thoughts out Mm -hmm. and putting in new thoughts. Yeah. It's been very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. Thoughts become things. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And you put that, you put that out to the universe comes back yeah right yes absolutely and when we're awake and you know on the path we see them mm-hmm. we see them when they come back they're more obvious yeah exactly <laughs> when, when they come back mm-hmm. and some of them just hit you right upside the head and it's like oh hi there you are <laughs> yeah thank you Um, yeah. So, um, I just wanted to say, um, one other thing is that, um, I did talk to you offline about, about a situation and where somebody that I know experienced, um, a traumatic event as a child. And, um, what would you say to that person? What kind of encouragement could you give to that person right now? to let him know that he shouldn't quit before the miracle. Right. Um, Well, you know, I get that question a lot, right? It's the most common question. I have a son, a friend, a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, son, whatever it is, who's going down the wrong path. You know, I don't know what to do. And so I quickly text them back and say, do they want help? Because if they don't want help, there's really not a lot you can do, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But you can say, hey, I'm, I'm noticing that you're going down the wrong road. And I just want you to know that I love you. I care about you. And when you're ready, I will be here to help you. Mm-hmm. That's all you can say. Because the last person to see their life going down the drain is yours truly. Mm-hmm. And there was lots of people in my life who saw me going down the wrong path and going down the wrong road and sat me down and had many conversations. But I wasn't ready for the help. Right. And until I was ready for the help, I couldn't be helped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You and, have to want it. You know, um, <clears throat> you know. Another thing I always I always say to people is, you know, I'm going to love you until you can love yourself. 
those are the exact words I used to this person. Yeah. I'm going to love you through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because like I said, people who've experienced trauma believe abandonment and neglect. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Do I even exist in the world? Right? Yep. And so until they realize, and some don't, right? Some don't. That's why we have a very high rate of suicide is when people lose hope. That's what happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I know from my own experience when I had the gun in my mouth that I had that much hope left, but I still had hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And from that little amount of hope, you know, I built this amazing comeback in life and, and, uh, um, and those of us who've experienced trauma in, in this lifetime, we're the healers on the planet, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, you know, I think it's important to also tell this person that, you know, we need your story. Mm-hmm. We need your comeback story. You know, exactly. we, right? Yep. Because the more successful transformations, that we have, the more advocates we have. And when then with the more advocates we have, the bigger, the louder our voice is going to get. And then we're going to see change happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, being in this space, I can only help one person at a time. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we might not achieve the end goal, by the time I leave this planet, but I'm going to try my damnedest and my hardest to, you know, make that happen. And, you know, in 15 years, I've seen a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But because the problem is so significant, you know, it, it feels like, you know, yeah, but, you know, but, the more people are podcasting and having these conversations and, you know, you, everybody can play their part in this, in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question, one more question for you. And it's a very, very serious question. Since it's January 1st soon, and a lot of people are going to start their exercise programs. <laughs> Which Celine Dion song would you recommend? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, There's lots of good ones. (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of good ones. Yeah. Actually, I actually met her. I know. That is so wild. Which was kind of crazy. You know, we're, I was playing for Colorado and, and uh, our general manager, Pierre Lacroix, who just passed away. Uh, a week ago, um, he was good friends with Renee, who was uh, Celine's husband. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we were in Florida playing the Panthers, and after the game, uh, Pierre said, "You know, I want you to come meet somebody." 
and they were all in the, the green room at the arena. And I walked in and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking Celine Dion standing right in front of me, you know? I would have died, like yeah. died right there. And uh, she was, she was incredible. She was yeah. amazing, you know? And uh, didn't she know about your injury or something? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, she was like, you know, hope you get back soon. You know, the team needs you and all this stuff. And I was just like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> and then you started exercising to her songs. Yeah. I can't remember what that's the name of that song was that I just played over and over again. I just found it really inspiring, but uh, um, <laughs> you know, the so. one day that in the one song of hers that um, during our infertility struggle was a new day. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I totally get the, the mm-hmm. love of Celine, but never mm-hmm. to exercising. So, yeah. Well, I was, I was living out in Sycamus, you know, I had a cabin out at uh, Merrill Lake and I built a gym out there and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was the, the Olympic year. Oh yeah. yeah. I went into the Olympic year and I knew that, you know, I just got out of treatment. Um, and, uh, you know, I spent that whole entire summer just working my butt off because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be part of that team. And, uh, you know, Celine was front and center That'd for inspiration, you know. so <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And people, you know, people always laugh and, you know, because, you know, most guys listen to heavy metal, Metallica, and, you know, and, all yeah. this, and that's like, <laughs> that does nothing for me, like nothing, yeah. you know. You got to find your groove and which yeah. one gets you going, right? Yeah. So, well, you know, I was, I was, I was country when country wasn't cool, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I show up in Calgary and, you know, try to throw some country tunes on the jukebox and in the dressing room, <laughs> and everybody's like, what the fuck is this guy on? You know? <laughs> so, oh, my God, I could imagine how that yeah. went over. Yeah. So, what I did is, uh, you know, I had the trainer go buy me a disc man and I just carried my, my own music around and, you know, had my headphones on my disc man while I was getting ready to, you know, prepare for, for games and stuff. So, yeah. And some of the shit I was listening to people are just like, what the hell? Charlie pride <laughs> before a game. I'm like, Hey, you know, Oh, come on. That's I, a good I one. Scored, too. I scored three goals tonight. So Yeah. You know, it, it worked. <laughs> it so worked. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm just so grateful that you took this time to talk with me, and and that in 2009 you decided to use your voice and share your story. It's not a an easy one to read and hear about, but it's it's definitely making a huge difference in this world. And I'm just grateful that you did it. Yeah. Well, you know, sick and tired means sick and tired, you know, mm-hmm. and everything I tried up until that point, you know, wasn't working. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the I think the healing process starts when you find your voice and tell your story. You know, that's why, you know, always try to encourage that, you know, that peace and that place, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and there's unlimited amounts of healing 
modalities, you know, mm-hmm. and I've tried them all. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what you need to do. Yep. Right. Until you find the one, the, the will, the there's, there's gotta be a willingness to live. Yeah. Right. That's, that's and, key. And, <clears throat> and by trying, by trying everything, you know, even though it may not seem like it works for you, you'll, you'll go back and you'll go, you know what? That really helped me in that, you know, that one time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when the brain changes, it takes a long time and it takes repetition. Right. Over yeah. and over again. It's like, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell theory of 10,000 hours. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I've done 10,000 hours of therapy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yep. and, uh, you know, that's how you become an expert. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Just like hockey. I put in 10,000 hours in hockey and that's what made me an expert in, in hockey. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to healing, I've already done the 10,000 hours. So I know what it feels like. I know what it looks like. I know what it tastes like. And, you know, and patience, right? Yeah. You know, we're so wired to be instant gratification junkies, right? Mm-hmm. But the process of healing is forever, right? Yeah. There is no end point, right? There's no such word as healed. It's healing. Healing. Right? Mm-hmm. Healing, right? And you just try to get to, you know, the maximum amount before they stick you in the ground and you go, go on to the next mm-hmm. phase of life and just knowing that um just share your story with other people so that they can do the same thing yeah. not keep it to yourself that's yep. just it's it needs to be done so what are you grateful for today theo what am i grateful for today hmm. just to be alive you know just to be alive mm-hmm. and have great relationships in my life, um, great people. And yeah, you know, I, obviously I've been struggling lots over the last 10 months with my own mental illness. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that likes to be in front of people and be around people and helping people. And so, you know, it's been really, really hard, mm-hmm. you know, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, you know, all those things. So, you know, the fact that, you know, we're here today doing this is, you know, it's connection. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what it's all about, staying connected. You actually have inspired me. You are one of the people that has inspired me to know that I can also get on a stage one day yeah. and help people. It's not going to be easy because <laughs> I am an introvert. Um, but it's something that I felt like I need to do. And when the world opens back up and people can talk and inspire people again, not through a Zoom screen, I definitely want to be one of those people. So thank you also for inspiring me with how you've done that. It's the number one fear, biggest fear is public speaking. Terrified. (laughs) I'm I'm taking a boot camp and I'm... Um, Shine Boot Camp, it's called. It's mm-hmm. an eight week thing. And oh my gosh, I'm terrified. But hey, if I can get through that, then I can get through anything, I think. 
public speaking? Speak from your heart. Mm-hmm. And people will love you. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you again for your time. Yeah. Appreciate my, it. My pleasure. Anytime. Theo, thank you again for taking the time to do this interview with me. I am beyond grateful. By sharing your pain and your hard, beautiful journey with the world, you have allowed countless people to feel safe to say, me too. Those two words can be a first step to healing. I am not only a huge fan from your hockey career, but now a bigger fan of the work you are doing to help victims of abuse, trauma, and mental health challenges. I will continue to advocate with you for the five out of five. To end this interview, I am sharing again the beautiful song, Won't Let You Fall, by the talented artist Leah Campbell. This song was written by Leah as part of the grieving process from a friend committing suicide. Leah will be on the podcast next week to discuss this more, but for now, please listen and be sure and download her beautiful song. Friends, let's be there for one another, especially now. Let's not let each other fall because we're stronger when we stand together. Until next time, be kind and stay well. Just hold on We're all here Waiting for you Just be strong There's so much more left To do The night is cold You're caught inside You are not a Darling, don't let go You may be bruised Yeah, you may be broken The scars that fix you Were not meant to hold you
Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Trust me, I know from personal experience that the thought of it can make you just shut down that idea immediately. Where do I even begin? What equipment do I need? Will people even care what I have to say? What if I run out of things to say? The list of questions goes on and on. I had the questions too, so don't worry. And now that I've done the work and I'm still learning every day, I am ready to teach others that they can do it too, and it doesn't have to be scary. I will be sharing more info over the next month on when my course will be launching, so please stay tuned. And if you have any specific topics you'd like to see covered in this course, please feel free to send me a DM and I'll be sure to consider it. If you want to use your voice to entertain, educate, or inspire others, you will definitely be interested in the course that I am building. It will have so much great content and have you starting your podcast in no time. Believe me when I say this, people want to hear what you have to say. So let's find your voice together and start your own podcast. Well, that is a wrap for another episode of Hard Beautiful Journey. Please be sure and come back next time. And until then, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Ms. Tiff Vaughn and Hard Beautiful Journey, as well as my website, tiffanyvaughn.ca. Until next time, be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.